Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. <laughs> Can I help you? <laughs> Evan has a... Uh... <laughs> Evan has, I feel like a, a school teacher, but Evan has a phone away rule and we give him lots of warnings and we just hit the record. The phone is away. <laughs> I we, can see it. We hit the record button and we, we give some time for whatever, editing reasons. And uh, Evan immediately just habitually, because there's a silence and nothing's happening, just phone out, head down. <laughs> I thought for sure that you had posted the picture of me with all the sour skittles in my mouth. Oh, I am going to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's what I was looking up. I because... 100% will be doing that. That's actually quite slow time for you to to get something up there. Yeah. Uh, I just like hanging out with you guys so much, you know. You don't need to lie to my face. <laughs> it seemed fun. <laughs> it seemed like a thing to do. I'm just feeling hurt. <laughs> uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I see Brad uh, you didn't dress up. Evan, you didn't dress up, and I dressed up as sad. So, <laughs> to be fair, I was going to bring my Abe Lincoln costume, but I forgot that. Dude, my I... my laptop. <laughs> what else did I forget? Oh, I forgot my coffee that I was supposed to drink before my oh. hockey game. Like, I just didn't even eat dinner. Mel yeah, asked, great. "She's like, what's because we were talking about what Brad, like Brad, you were gonna come as a hockey player, like just well, like, I was gonna come as a very specific hockey player. You're gonna tape probably over your... got me in trouble. <laughs> you were gonna tape over your tooth, and you were gonna be Bert. Yeah. Um." And you, I Mel was like, is Evan going to dress up? And I was like, okay, it's feast or famine with Evan. Evan is either going to forget everything and just come dressed as himself, or he's going to come as like a full magician with top hat and like sod and half assistant and everything. I was I thinking of the Abe Lincoln costume too. I've done a magician before. I, I know. I've seen the pictures. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I, if I have a Halloween party to go to, I am hundred percent on board and I will put in a lot of effort to make sure I have a good costume, but there was nothing going on this year. Like we had a golf tournament today and our buddy's girlfriend made our costumes. <laughs> like, How are they still golfing, man? I don't know. It's oh a problem. My God. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot my costume. That's basically it. Yeah. And I, I text last minute, like, I'm like, are we doing this or no? Cause I really don't feel like sitting here wearing a hockey helmet for the next hour and a half if I don't have to. And then you're like, I'm just wearing a Lions jersey. And Evan's like, I forgot my costume. I'm like, okay, great. I'm leaving my stuff at home. <laughs> Although, if you know, for those watching on YouTube, you'll notice for the entire month of October, which nobody pointed out, and that's a little hurtful, unless some of you did, and I didn't. Ju- I just didn't see it. We've had two pumpkins. Um, we've have Gordy Howe, the pumpkin with the number nine, and the other one is thank you very much. The other one is a Red Wings pumpkin. But today, I just turned around and the jack o' lantern face is lit because it's Halloween. Do you have the Christmas Christmas ones too? Oh, we're gonna be doing some some Christmas I'll stuff. I'll see them on Thursday or whenever we oh, record next. Oh yeah, I am a I'm the worst. I think I'm. We're gonna everyone's gonna hate me after this, but November first, all Christmas is fair game to me. I have to physically restrain Catherine from putting up the Christmas tree. Tell Catherine come over here; she can help us decorate. Perfect. Yeah. Is that is that just your birthday tradition now? You just wake up. Ah, I'm older. Time to meet Santa Claus. I Wait, when's your birthday? Fuck. God damn God it. damn it, Evan. How? Is it today? No. No. Is it today? It's no. this week. Oh, well, did I put it in my calendar? This will be the true test of friendship if I put it in my calendar. <laughs> this is, I think this is the third year we've had this conversation in a row. So if you uh, didn't- <laughs> It's not in there. It's not in Hold there. Hold on. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, oh. I thought maybe it was. That was the mortgage payment. <laughs> 
I think that's the third year we've had this very. I pu- I think I put you both of your birthdays in every single year, and it doesn't carry over. He puts it as a well, one-time is it event. Yeah. Thursday or Friday? It's Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Uh, Are we recording Thursday this week? Can I have like some real fun with this? Or no? uh, this week will be Wednesday. I actually, actually my practice got canceled this Wednesday, so that actually works out. So I, for your birthday. I thought. I think it's funny to decide whether or not Evans or to figure out whether or not Evans going to remember. I I am desperately yearning for the day where you forget. And I know you remember. It's because Evan and I forgot your birthday one year. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom's going to kill me for telling this story. She doesn't listen to the podcast. We're going to get to hockey in a second here. <laughs> yeah, this is the most off the rails beginning we've had <laughs> in a long time. When I was a kid, we just we all we all screwed up. We all just it was a bad day for the Hannah family and literally not until noon. I was young, right? I don't know. I was like, what, 19, 20? No, I'm kidding. I was like a young kid, like nine, 10 years old. And it was until noon, I think around noon or maybe even later, my mom was just cleaning the house top to bottom. And, you know, that's people, not a good sign. People, those of you with, uh, with uh, immigrant parents know, no, you know, stomping around a little extra loud and like cleaning extra aggressively. And then it was like one or 2 p.m. And I looked up and I went, Oh no, mom. <laughs> and she just like, she had that on me for years, years. And it wasn't until just very recently, I want to say last year, the year before where my mom spent a little part of the day and we talked a couple of times and she forgot and I was finally absolved. And then I think the the very next Brad's birthday, I forgot. And now I'm in the hole again and I'm just waiting for the day where Brad forgets mine. See, here's where you're screwed. Now I have the cheat code for your birthday because I have a much more important birthday yeah, to deal with this I week. Know. So I will always have one birthday. Whose birthday? Mother. <laughs> it's Hank's birthday tomorrow. I'm surprised he didn't. T- he didn't tell me that. <laughs> Sorry, I like talking about my kids. You heartless asshole! I can't. The number of times a year I say to myself, "Catherine's birthday, September 12th," is way higher than it should be. <laughs> but yeah, so I got Hank's birthday tomorrow, and then I know it's always three days to Ryan. So there's no way I can ever forget Ryan's, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, or four days, whatever it is. Welcome to this spooky edition of the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, sadly still, Ryan Hanna. Uh, I'm the host that's born on <laughs> July 17th, Brad Crisco. <laughs> Evan's putting that in his calendar right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm Evan. Uh, on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Uh, whose birthday is June 13th, by oh the way, because I'm a gosh. good friend. On this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, we'll be talking about the Red Wings games that have happened. And surprise, surprise, two main topics are going to be Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. Uh, and a lot of other notable stuff that happened in those games. Uh, we, we are going to be talking about uh, developments in the ongoing um, Chicago um, Kyle Beach situation. And uh, because Brad specifically requested we don't talk about it at all, uh, we're going to cover a little bit of the Jack Eichel, Eichel saga. Update. He hasn't been traded. Moving on. Brad's birthday's in my phone. <laughs> he o- you only had time to do one. Love you too, buddy. I guess so. <laughs> You're really banking that you I probably remember- did it this year, and then I was just waiting for when your birthday was. Okay, Brad, promise me one thing. On my birthday, don't message in the chat. Just text me. I want to see if he remembers. Okay. Is it the 5th? We j- I w- I. That's amazing. I only, I only remember the fact that I. That's amazing. No, no, I didn't. I don't remember the date. I just remembered that I missed it, or we, was I didn't know when it was. We just told. 
We just talked about it. But then... You were here. But I remember <laughs> Hank's birthday now. The 5th, right? When you die. Friday. No, Thursday. It's Thursday. The 4th. <laughs> Personally, I blame work for this because I put everything into my calendar at work and I don't have to remember anything. When your brain is inevitably donated to science, it'll be the biggest leap in our understanding of every kind of neurological condition possible, period. It, so it's, it's the fourth. It's the third. It's the third. <laughs> that's Thursday, November. Oh, that nope. That's 2022. No, I'll put it in for 2022. You end up in November 2022. <laughs> <laughs> because I was seeing if I had it in my calendar for next year. And I have yours, Brad, but not Ryan's. <laughs> it, it hurts. This is on oh, record. This is on record the worst opening to an episode I think we've ever had. And I am not editing a single thing. <laughs> not to that. This is my favorite opening ever. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I oh, hope those God. of you who are watching this on YouTube are, uh, got some good entertainment out of our faces of pure oh, sh- I'm crying. Amazement. Oh my god. I'll let it save to my phone right now either. <laughs> Before we get into hockey, because we oh. will talk about hockey, uh, we are going to first mention the Jamie Daniels Foundation, which is an organization we're very, very proud to support. The more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father and Red Wings lead announcer Ken Daniels and Jamie's mother, Lisa Daniels-Goldman. They strive to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery. To learn more and offer your support, visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org. I have a theory. Evan's not that bad of a friend. He actually remembered that whole thing just allowed us to let him use his phone for five minutes longer. (laughs) It's honestly not out of the realm of possibility here. Because he's still not done on it. No. It won't save to my phone, Ryan, so it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. uh, Red Wings. So, (laughs) folks, I'm so sorry. I I know that was a little bit long of an intro, but forces of nature dictated what was going to happen today. And and that's the spooky part of this episode. It started because of a comment about Christmas decoration. The Detroit Red Wings have played two games um, against some pretty skilled teams since we last spoke. Um, 29th against Florida and the 30th against Toronto. Both of them losses. Um, one goal losses and the Florida game was an overtime loss. So let's first talk about the Florida game here. And I think this is a theme for both games. The NHL, the Red Wings hung in against two of the most talented teams on paper. I mean, Florida undefeated Toronto, massively underperforming Um, in the NHL way longer than they would have in the past at both points in that game or at at points in both games. I should say I saw what was happening. I was like the Red Wings of last season or the season before would have collapsed and they hung in there and they scrapped it out and they came back a couple times. Yeah, it was neither game had a strong start. Um, but like you said, they battled back. These are the games. Now, we've been talking about this for years. And, and these are the first two real games that really hammer home what we've been talking about. In a rebuild, it's okay to lose mm-hmm. if the losses look like that, not like what they usually look like the last few years. Because 
The reason the Red Wings lost is simply because they were a less talented team. The top guys on Detroit went blow for blow with both teams, both games, even with Bertuzzi out for the second game. Um, the young guys performed exceptionally well, including one we didn't even expect to see play this weekend. And at points in those games, the Red Wings depth got exposed, especially in the Leafs game. When you allow five goals, obviously, no matter how well you play, a lot of things have to go wrong to allow five goals. And the bottom half of the Red Wings lineup, um, by and large, stood out like a sore thumb because the bottom half of those two teams yeah. do not look like the bottom half of the Red Wings team. Yeah, and that's what and, wins you cups. And that's what happens. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Like nobody went into this season. Like I was being the optimistic one in the season preview and I predicted them to finish six. So clearly the talent disparity, though better than last year, was still going to be their downfall this year. So the top line didn't get caved. Um, the young players didn't get caved. The good players on the team didn't get caved. It was just more talented teams being more talented. The Red Wings probably were the better teams in term of terms of effort, both games. Um, so yeah, as far as losses go, collecting one out of a possible four points, good. Like I, I can walk away from both those games feeling good. The, Florida game, I need to talk about this to start. And there was other things that happened here that were noteworthy. But the Florida game involves one of the greatest plays I think we've seen from the Red Wings as a team in literal years. It will be one of the most memorable plays of a generation. That's not an understatement. Um, It was that crazy sequence towards the end of the game. Uh, or sorry, yeah, like the last five, six minutes of the third period. Florida's up 2-1, and they take a shot from the point. Adam Ernie blocks it, and the puck moves around a little bit, and they take another shot from the point, and Adam Ernie hobbled after the first shot, blocks that one too. Then Robbie Fabry blocks a shot, then there's an Adelkovic save, and then Robbie Fabry blocks another shot, and there's another Nadelkovich save, and then Danny DeKaiser attempts to clear it, and his stick explodes on him and the puck stays in more block shots, more insane saves. It was the single, like it was the gutsiest display of, of hockey I've seen from the Red Wings as a team. I had so much, like I could have run through a wall every time I watch it's playing on my screen right now. I'm ready to run through a wall for this. And if there's ever anyone who's saying, you know, is this a team that cares? Has, has Blasio lost the room, whatever, like, that team was playing their heart out because they were down one goal against the best team in the NHL, and they truly gave themselves a chance to win. Everyone put their bodies on the line. Ernie was out the next game, and I'm sure he would have blocked a third shot if it came his way. Adrenaline's a hell of a thing. Yeah. But uh, no, if if a, if that scenario happens in a playoff game, it goes down with Zetterberg and Helms, like the shift. Yep. Like those, those moments in like a key situation where it's like, yeah, that's why this team won a cup. Unfortunately, it happened in game like nine of the season or game eight of the season. So it's not going to go down as one of those moments. But that was the type of moment it was. It just, you know, was a regular season game against Florida. So whatever. It, I, I think when the Red Wings find their first point of success, whether it's like winning a playoff round or making the playoffs or, you know, whatever it might be, people are going to point back to that play. And they're going to like whenever they show highlight packages of the Red Wings rebuild, that play is going to be in it like those full 45 seconds. It's part of the snowball Mm -hmm. effect 
Like that's one piece of it rolling along. That's all I got. Hockey's an emotional sport. Like hockey is. Guys, don't forget that stuff. No locker room. Whether Adam Ernie and Robbie Fabry are there, two to two, three, five years down the road, like guys are still there. Will remember that, and that will leave a lasting impression on them. Fans too. Like let's let's cut to the chase here. Attendance is down everywhere in the league, and Detroit's among one of the hardest hit by early numbers. Um, and it's like you know the pandemic sucked. A lot of people's wallets to say the least, got hurt in a bad way. A lot of people are still struggling to make ends meet. This has not been an incredibly entertaining team for a long time. So to have that arena, you know, the noise was apparently so loud, it sounded like it was being distorted on their feet, cheering for a defensive play. Yeah. for On a ship, for, for all intents and purposes, they were getting caved defensively. <laughs> That's old school Red Wings Hockey, that's old school Red Wings energy. That's the kind of stuff that would happen in the Joe that people would talk about for years later. So that shift just, I think that's the first time I said it and I meant it when I was like, no, this team's different. Like this is, this is, this is a team coming out of the rebuild now. Like there's the clientele, or the clientele, there's the personnel and the players that you have to change, but there's also the mentality of the team. And for a long time, we were worried about that losing mentality sticking with the team. Not concerned about that at all. This team is playing 110 lights out every single night, and that play is the absolute perfect epitome of it. Didn't hurt that they tied the game three minutes later. <laughs> it was Fabry, right? That was the Suter, uh, yes. Suter tipped in the yeah. cider shot. Yeah. Suter tipped in the cider shot, and I wish it was just the cider shot that had gone in because then we would have predicted cider's first goal. Um, the OT loss kind of stung, but it's like you said, Brad, if you're going to lose, uh, Huberdeau saucer pass to Barkov for a backhand shelf. Yeah, that that's like, okay, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Lucas Raymond had Bobrovsky was massive that game. He's been unreal this year. 100%. A goalie as talented as Bobrovsky doesn't just lose their talent. Like, no. you go to a new system, it's going to take some time to adjust, whatever it might be. Every elite goalie has down years. Florida's in a good spot with him. Still worth the $10 million? Yeah, probably not, but whatever. If they win a cup, they're not going to care. Yeah. I got Shane Wright on it, or uh, Spencer Knight on a. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Spencer Knight on a ELC, so that helps. Yeah, um, Lucas Raymond on a power play entering the zone from his own blue line skates through and splits literally all four Panthers defenders. But Bobrovsky came up with a huge glove safe. But that was like I almost <laughs> fell off my chair on that rush. That was the ESPN game. How do you pronounce his name? Butchergross? Uh John Butchergross, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nothing replaces Ken and Mick. I, and I wish Ken could have called a lot of the moments of the last two games. But I think I think he did a good job calling that crazy play. It's definitely a unique style of calling the play, but I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was fun. Anything, I'm just happy it's not NBC. <laughs> um, you could call the game. It's fine. Oh, I could not. I, talking for long periods of time is part of my job. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anyhow, the Red Wings lose in OT um, to the Panthers. Um, the same day, was it? No, the next day was when, um, <clears throat> Michigan lost to MSU. We're not going to talk about that too much. Why did you even bring it up? Because I, I have notes that I take about throughout the week and it's part anyways. That shouldn't I, have been a note. I think we're supposed to bully you now. You're a Michigan fan. I don't really watch anything other than Red Wings. Then you don't get to bully me. Piss off. And if you're choosing for the first time, you're not. 
Anyway, we'll I'm happy we had the Carly interview before that game. <laughs> um, Carly's on with State. Yeah. Damn it. I think, um, I think Danielle is too. Oh, God. I think I saw something about that. The Red Wings uh, went into Toronto. Obviously, that means Tyler Bertuzzi couldn't play. Adam Ernie didn't slot into the lineup. Um, how long Adam Ernie's going to be out is, I think, something worth keeping an eye on here. Um, Joe Valeno called up last minute. Guys, I don't know if you heard it on the broadcast, but he drove with Steve Eiserman from Detroit. He sure did. Yeah, right. Did you guys hear that on the broadcast that he drove with Steve Eiserman from Detroit? Yeah. Four-hour drive with Steve Eiserman to the game. Well, actually, Steve Eiserman um, picked up Joe Valeno and they drove to the game together. I think I heard that on the broadcast. Yeah, if, they, if you didn't hear that. Yeah, four hours. Um, well... <laughs> Well, it's a good thing that's the only note they took about the Red Wings team that night. Did you watch the Canadian broadcast? Oh, my God. It was so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Leafs, man. It's like they just pulled it. Uh, I won't get okay, into so it, but it may as well be just a Leafs home broadcast. So I have center ice. That's how I watch all the Red Wings games. But anytime they play a Canadian team, I have no choice but to watch the Canadian broadcast. Oh, uh, you suckers. I'm with Kenemek every time. I know. I hate it. But whatever. My wife works at Telecom. It's a better deal. But um Oh, so she's oh, the one should be yelling at. Exactly. Um, I'll give the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast credit for the fact that they talked about the Leafs for eighty percent of the games. The twenty percent about the Wings—they were very complimentary. They, they, they weren't like brushing. Oh, this is like how a lot of national media still. This Red Wings team—they're bad. Free W. Yada yada yada. This is totally non-sustainable and a complete fluke that they're four three and two. But they're like, no, this is team looks different this year they're good look at all their good players look at cider look at raymond and now we're going to talk about the leafs for the next 15 minutes and the red wings scored twice in that time yeah i saw the highlights of the game it was basically like oh the leafs scored and then all of a sudden it was like three detroit goals later and they're showing another leafs no. highlight. oh yeah no highlight packages are the worst oh no worst. I'll, I'll never forget the one i want to say it was on sports center like two three years ago look up whatever game it was the last time the red wings only beat the you leafs. would remember this buddy. because i've never seen a highlight pack like this for any game ever i want to say it was a four three red wings win over the leafs they showed all three Leaf goals, none of the Red Wings goals. They didn't even mention that the Red Wings won other than when they put up the final box score at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, w- I just watched that with like my jaw agape, just like. That's on brand. What? It. What? <laughs> That's yeah, uh, for Brad. Yeah, his jaw is usually dangling a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's hard. It's effort to keep it up. Um, Mo Sider that game. First of all, he had that one giveaway. But for, he, had, he had a few. Before giveaways. we get to that, um, the way he carried the puck through that zone, who was it that he dangled? <laughs> I don't know who it was, but he did, it was like just it was it was simple, but it was this toe drag looked more dramatic the first time than it actually was. He literally completely deked that guy out of his jockstrap by using nothing but his head, eyes, and body. It position. was a body fake, yeah. He just went, "I'm gonna pass it over here," and then just kept skating straight. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Buddy was gone. He, the, yeah, the way he moved the puck up the ice, he dragged the puck into his body. Um, everyone was just kind of like, oh, Mo, did you see that? That was, um, it was a clever little play and it reminded you that Mo's not just good like once he's in the zone. Like in transition, the guy can do some work too. He's very elusive. He is. A guy of his size. He is. His stick handling and his, his like how smooth he is through the zone, you wouldn't think so for a guy that big. I still remember his the first rookie development camp after he got drafted. That was the first thing that jumped out. We're like, whoa, that that's a tool we didn't know he had. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and then Mickey Redmond, I think I like I like how they're focusing on the little parts of Raymond Insider's game where like any other player does this. It's not a highlight, but they're showing how mature these kids are because they're 19, 20 years old and they're already doing these things. So Sider picks up the puck, beats Marner to it and protects the puck against Marner and makes a safe play with not right now, but typically a world class player on his back. So that's the kind of stuff you love to see the spin around blind pass across your own blue line on a power play to give uh, Toronto a shorthanded breakaway giveaway. Yeah. That that's the stuff you don't love to see the instant redemption by the, Did you learn that in the AHL with Jonathan Erickson last year. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that, that's that veteran leadership. You think Jonathan Erickson would ever attempt anything even close to a spinorama? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did redeem it right after by being the primary assist on the Zadina rip from his spot on the power play. So Cider showed why you shouldn't expect rookies to be perfect. But I think still on balance, he's displaying why he's Detroit's best defenseman right now. This is last night's game against Toronto was a perfect case study. Most Sider specifically was a perfect case study in why elite players should be allowed to take chances and not get punished for it. Because if, let's say, Troy Stetcher tries that, yeah, you, you staple his ass to the bench because what are you thinking? But most Sider, in my opinion, had three pretty terrible turnovers that game that one and then two in his own defensive zone one right in front of the net where it's like can't do that mo but he also made four or five plays that generated something that otherwise wouldn't have been there if it was any other defenseman but him with the puck so even though in my opinion that was probably his overall weakest game of the season he was still a significant net positive on the game because of what he can do mm-hmm. and that is we other than larkin who's the last player we had that you could say would make three pretty terrible mistakes in one game and you're still like yeah good game yeah so it came out as one of the red wings better players that yeah game. still um zadina got that goal which i thought was important he got just enough space ripped it and that was i think it's funny because there was this little and it started because there was that ranking that just accidentally didn't have Zadina at first and then had him at um, 23 for a redraft. Yeah, which 2018 redraft. <laughs> Philip Zadina goes 23rd overall. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's what, 6th or 7th in scoring out of his draft? Yeah. Can, One, can I go on a bit of a tangent here about this, please? Right now? Yeah. I'll make okay, it quick. Okay. Because okay. this is the hill. Because these people have been in my mentions a lot for the last two weeks and i don't know why i can't sit here and watch nine games of philip zadina this year and all of last year and come away with the opinion oh philip zadina is bad he's a bust what games are the people who are very adamant anti philip zadina what games are you watching even the games he doesn't show up on the score sheet, I can go, he was good. He was a net positive on that game. Sure, he missed the net a little too much, which is definitely a problem he has. But he also generated like nine scoring chances or whatever the hell it is. He's on pace for 47 points this year. Like, it's not like he's not producing. He's good defensively. One of the Red Wings' better players in transition. He's an excellent facilitator of the puck in the offensive zone. And yeah, when he gets time and space, he can still rip it. Like, this is a top five player on this team. Like, the only four players I can say that are definitely better than Phillips Adina are Larkin, Bertuzzi, Raymond, Sider. There's a couple other players you can definitely make an argument for, but Zadina is very much in that conversation. I think Fabry's been better. I don't know. I... 
I'll hear the argument and you could give me a very good argument. And by the end of it, I can go, yeah, I fully agree with you, but it's close enough that I could probably make an equally compelling argument the other way. Every kind of plays that game where he's like ultra talented and he's a bit of a honey badger. So it's like more obvious that what he, like what he's displaying out there where Zadina has like such like a subtlety and like an art to his game that like February is a honey badger. Yeah. Zadina plays slower, but he's, he, he makes skilled. He makes more, uh, he's got a higher completion percentage on his plays, if you want to call it that. Which, ironically enough, one of Fabry's flaws that I've really picked out this year is dude can't hit the net. Like, he should have had three against Toronto and he just couldn't hit the damn net. Here's my thing with Philip Zadina. I agree completely with people are getting too caught up on any mistake and immediately using it to write off Philip Zadina. It's wild because he's actually a very good player and he's still extremely young. And we're not even talking about this like in the Michael Rasmussen sense where like he's still extremely young. He could still be useful. Zadina is useful now and he's getting better. Like it's almost akin to, and it's not a direct translation. So please don't think I'm comparing the players, but remember in Toronto, think of every one of their young guys, say for Matthews, it's like they didn't score a hundred goals or hundred points on day one. And they want to write off Nylander. They want to write off Marner. They want to write off Riley. It, it they happened were, they were trying to write off Nylander until he was like 23, 24. Yeah. And much. now he's arguably their best player. This yeah. Year, so like, come on. But, Oh, they got Jason Spezza. Uh, who's <laughs> here. I do think, Zadina, and none of this is to to the argument that he's a bust. Like, absolutely not. But things he needs to work on in his game. I do think there are times where the decisions he makes does lead to a turnover more often than it should. Or there's just kind of like this weird errant pass where you're like, Phil, you're smarter than that. I don't see a lot of that. Not all the time, but one he of gets the, in slumps. And the, the missing right, the net is one thing. Yeah, the, his finishing's pretty much the only thing that gets me, that that irks me about him right now. Which is hilarious because He's that was what his, like, yeah. his, like, the big thing to his game was is he fills the net. That might and be. And so it's funny to see, like, yeah. the yeah. other side of his game is so pol- much more polished. And the thing that he was supposed to be excellent at is the one thing he's struggling the most with at the NHL level. Because the one thing, getting to your point, though, because I've heard the argument from other people that are like, yeah, well, he had three turnovers tonight. And my counter argument to that is when you actually watch, Philip Zadina has the puck on his stick almost more than any other Red Wing. So when yeah. you have the puck that much, yeah, you're not going to bat a thousand. And that's what I'm getting to. He is so talented and you can see those skills. Like if Rasmussen, or let's even go to someone who wasn't on the team. Like when I used to see Jonathan Erickson make poor decisions with the puck, I'm like, oh, why are you even the one carrying it up in transition? Like that's a failure of the coach, the system, and the player. Like that's whole through and through. But Zadina does have the skill to, even if he's not doing it all the time, drive the play. The skill is all there. So if he's not completely refined right now, man, I'm fine with it. Work it. Like, as long as the team's working on it, I think people are just getting too hung up because they're seeing what Raymond and Sider are doing, and they are they shouldn't be, yeah. but they're comparing it to Zadina. How old is Zadina? 21? 21. <laughs> yeah, like, give me a... <laughs> he's 21. Like, the thing that he's struggling with the most is the hardest thing to do in the NHL, and that's score goals. So if that's the biggest gripe I have with Philip Zadina, like, well, great. I have a We're very successful friend who was still at age 21 pissing the bed drunk. Like, literally pissing the bed <laughs> drunk. most of my friends. If you're, not pooping, if you're not pooping your pants in your late 20s, what are you really doing? <laughs> yeah, but, um, but, and we're talking about Zadina's finishing ability not being where he wanted the day after he had one of the most ridiculous snipes of the season like that shot was unreal does philip zadina need to put some facets of his game together yes 
am I concerned? Absolutely furthest from. And I've also seen people in my mentions coming to the thing. It's like, well, oh my God, Brad talking about his mentions. Anyone who's in his mentions, go in them more until he stops it, talking about his mentions. It's funny though because I don't respond to ninety percent of them because there's just too many. Uh, there's <laughs> but I'm one like, thing, Brad, but, and I have a comment. But I'm I'm putting it in the memory bank for pod for podcast content. But and they're like, oh well, yeah. Well, if you hold him to his draft position, he's under. If you redraft that draft, he's going six or seventh right now. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Faraby and Hughes behind him. Like Hughes, you're definitely picking ahead of him. Maybe Faraby, but you're also probably picking him ahead of Kotkaniemi and Hayton. So it balances out definitely. So he's probably still six and and a Red Wing in a redraft. So I don't even know why anybody cares about that. If Philip Zadina was supposed to be the franchise. First line winger who's gonna scores fifty goals out in his rookie campaign. That's one thing, but like Philip Sedina can easily slot into the top six and continue to grow because he's so young. Like n- no issues at all. And it's like there was a lot of excitement for Zadina, and this is actually a question I got. And it's like you guys were over the moon about Zadina. Why are you now like saying oh just top six and not like great first line forward he in the still NHL? Could be. It's like he still could be. And also, remember, Philip Zadino was the first good player that the Red Wings drafted at that spot. Like that was, If you think about players who were brought in for the rebuild, Philip Zadina is heading that group. He was chronologically the first one because... Yeah, who were the first-round picks before him? Uh, Rasmussen, Chalosky, Svechnikov. Yeah. Like, it was a... Yeah. He's in a different tier. And looking at how all their careers progressed, he's still very much in a different tier. Speaking of the Philip Zadina draft... Joe Valeno comes in for his first game of the season. He played five games last year, I think it was, yep. five or six. Um, scored in his fifth game. Scored in his fifth game. And uh, his well, very next NHL game, I think it was, which was this game, scores again. Great feed by Rasmussen, picks up the puck. Uh, that Nemesnikov, I'll call it a pass for now. Oh, yeah. Thank God I have my Lulu joggers on. <laughs> Man, I hate how comfy those clothes are. Yeah, uh, yeah that was... He was Johnny. He was Joey on the spot. I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but they were like, Valeno means poison or venom in Italian. So his new name is now Joey Poison. Joey Venom sounds better. Why did we go with poison? I, I kind of like Joey Poison better. It rolls off the tongue very nice. Yeah. Joey Venom just seems branded now with the Venom movies. Fair. Yeah. Scores in his first game back. And not only that. He uh, had a gorgeous, like, inside-out dipsy doodle, undressed. I can't remember it who it William was. Nylander. Yeah, Nylander. He stole William Nylander's soul. To give it back to Nemestikov for the goal, which made it, uh, I can't remember, the score was 4-3. Yeah. Toronto had just scored to take the a two-goal lead, and Valeno's like, nah, enough of that. So, Valeno reminded us very quickly why he was actually good enough to make this team, but just with... The talent in front of him, it made more sense to have him in Grand Rapids to start. So this circles back, and I'll still stand on the same opinion I had at the beginning of the season. If the reason they sent him to Grand Rapids was for development of Joe Valeno's game, and they think that's truly what's best for him, sure, fair, can't argue it. Everybody has different opinions on development, and if they think that's what's best for him, good. If they thought he didn't hurt a spot, they were just lying. And last night just proved, no, he belongs on this team. He is talented enough right now. He should be in that lineup ahead of conservatively four, optimistically six guys on that roster, on that forward group. Like so, You can play in the top six, I think. No problem. 
He could. I won't. I wouldn't say he would thrive in that role right now where he's at in his development, but he could absolutely tread water. He'd be a real good third line winger right now. Exactly what I'm thinking. That that third yep. line should be his right now. I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of people who are still on the Rat, Rasmussen train, which I love your optimism. Uh, I'm not. I would a thousand percent give Valeno that spot on the third line. Oh, I don't give him the center spot. It's hard. I, I think you try him out, and if he falters, stick him back on the wing where he's going to thrive. Make sure he's up to NHL speed. Yeah, it is hard. That might be why Rasmussen's struggling so much with it. <laughs> Someone's got to be the sacrificial center. <laughs> I'm, I'm an advocate for fourth-line center Michael Rasmussen when Valeno is is ready for that yeah, third no, line I'm, center I'm role. Yeah, no, I'm totally fine with that. Rasmussen, what he's good at, works on a fourth line. I... Um, yeah, I, I'm fully on board with as injuries dictate, and it we might they might be kicking up play here. Every Canadian game. Oh yeah, like Bertuzzi's out every Canadian game. Like, but unironically or un not in a funny way. How long of a drive oh, yeah. is it with uh, Steve Eiserman to Vancouver? Do you think? <laughs> a bit more than four hours. So. He yeah. will. He will have though. more yeah. knowledge than the Encyclopedia Britannica by the end of that road trip. They'll have helicopters following him the whole way, just live streaming to our Twitter feeds. Please. <laughs> so the Red Wings ultimately lost that game. They had a couple pretty crappy errors the red wings are coming off a back-to-back where they traveled in between not far but they did travel they played florida the night before they're playing a toronto team who are now waking up i guess um toronto looked more rested and poised nick letty gifted mitch marner his first goal of the year which breaks my heart mark stall had a rough one yesterday yeah it was um altogether not the best game but there are still points Still the same thing that we said. That was a scrappy Red Wings. Like that was they hung in there when Mark they would Mark Stahl is collapsed. my favorite Red Wing. Oh, dude, a hundred percent with you. Like he is, he is so he, fun to he's watch. He's got rock star shit. He that did. is for sure. Okay, Mo Sider has swagger. Mark Stahl is a, he's like Danny Heatley. Yeah, fucking rocks. Clappers from the goal. Line. Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite player. Yeah. I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Phil Peronik had a really good game yesterday. Yeah. That goal. Oh man! If that missed the net, that was killing someone in the, <laughs> in the seventh row. Like that, I, like that was an absolute bomb. Yeah, yeah. That's what Philip Ronick need. Philip Ronick needs to do two things to be effective on the Red Wings, and he did both of them very well yesterday. He needs to pass the puck effectively and at the right time, and he did that. He was more patient with the puck, and he made better decisions with it. He didn't have a perfect game, and not every pass was perfect, but nobody's going to have a perfect game with that. And when given the opportunity, he needs to hit that puck so hard it enters another dimension, and yeah, he did, did that. Um, I thought he had, he's had a couple good games back, and I'm happy he got on the board. Him and Zadina getting those goals, I think, were important. was yeah. important. Yeah, it was good for the Phillips. Yeah. Um, okay, quick little bit of trivia. Victor Hedman, Jonathan Huberdeau, JT Miller, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, Neil Pionk, and Mort Sider. What do they all have in common? Uh, they're tied for the league lead in assists. They're tied for third in okay. assists in the NHL with eight. So Mort Sider is technically ranked 10th, but tied for third in the NHL with assists. He is a rookie. He is a child. If you look at his forwards. face, you'll get... That included some pretty good forwards. Um, your rookie point scoring leaders are still Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. Raymond with the late assist yeah. to get back up. I love the, that stupid little tweet I had. It's like, oh, someone caught up to Lucas for the scoring lead. Yeah. It's Mo. And then in the third period, Raymond's like, no, I want it back. Yeah, he's taking it back. The only thing that looks rookie about Moritz Sider is his face. <laughs> yeah, he's got Seriously, if you did not know he was a rookie, you would think he's he's got that pro game game already like yeah 
He's got uber confidence. He's cocky as hell, but in the best kind of way. Like, if you didn't look at his face, you'd have no idea how, that he's that young. He's, um, I love, it's a really good sign that this team is actually fun again. National media, whether it be on Twitter or broadcast or whatever, whatever it is, they're picking up on the Red Wings more and more. So, and a lot of people only see Moritz Sider's face, like, you know, gifts, pictures, whatever. And then a lot of people are like, oh my God, Moritz Sider's colossal. And it's funny that like the If you just looked at his face, he's 5'8 at best. Yeah, yeah. Then you see him on the ice and he is ginormous and is a pro. No wonder like they, they who was it? Uh, not Tyler Johnson. Someone really short was like trying to wrestle him. Debrinket. Debrinket, yeah. Debrinket was like trying to wrestle him and Moritz Sider was just laughing. I was like, no wonder they have the balls to do it. They think they're looking at a kid. He wasn't even afraid of Victor Hedman. Why would he ever be afraid of Alex Debrinket? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, man. those the, Lucas Raymond, if he finished that game without the assist, I still would have said, like, go look at his expected goals for it or just watch him play. Either one. Still it is kind of creepy how much he kind of reminds me of Marner what Marner should be yeah yeah no dude yeah. like he does it's everything kind of creepy actually in the best kind of way his scoring pace Prashanth showed us something I don't know if he posted this I imagine he will but like scoring pace based on you know first games or rookie rookie points like he's kind of doing close to what Steve Eisman did. And they showed that on the broadcast. Like he's on pace with what Steve Eisman is doing through these first nine games. And Eisman did it in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. When, so when goalies couldn't even didn't know how to butterfly and like, they weren't legally allowed into the arena until the second period. We're yeah. what, we're what nine games in. So if we adjust for, uh, inflation on goal scoring in the eighties, uh, He's got a 50 goal season. Yeah, we 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 get to add it. I think it's an extra six points to Raymond's total right now. Yeah. <laughs> and also a testament to how good Raymond's been playing, how well he's been playing. Um yesterday was his ninth game, and I've seen zero talk about whether or not he's gonna play the next game. Well, they have one game. They have a game on the second against Montreal in Montreal. So um Isn't I thought yesterday was game nine. Yesterday was game nine. Yeah. So, it, so if is, if we don't, if we don't, can you imagine he's not in the lineup on Tuesday? They just fly him home. Yeah. <laughs> <All loser. laughs> like, no, he's staying. More, yeah. At Tuesday, we burn his ELC, which means he's up. I'll even be more pissed because we'll have to do an emergency podcast. Oh. Which would just be screaming. Emergency podcast and not even for a reason to be happy. That would be the grumpiest Evan that we've ever seen. I'm doing it from the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> and all three of us are doing it from the hot tub. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> we can't risk all of the equipment. We'll just risk mine. Oh, okay. Evan Evan today realized, or I let slip to him, that I do actually have his address and the look of horror on his face. It's just you and Everett. Those are the only two. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll start bidding between you two. Yeah, that's fair. Whoever's taking the lowest price, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Wings have Montreal on Tuesday in Montreal, which means no Tyler Bertuzzi, which means probably similar lines to what we've seen. Um, yeah, not much else to say. I, Jordan Osterley, Osterley slotted in. I didn't notice him much. Um, which the, is probably a good thing. The Danny DeKaiser thing is still killing me i don't know maybe we hit 500 games and this isn't going to matter anymore but that's just still is what it is and um yeah they got montreal boston and buffalo on this little road trip three juggernauts okay uh speaking of buffalo five minutes not even jack Eichel. we can have there's five minutes of conversation here 
about Jack Eichel? Did I miss something? Well, pro- the answer is yes. But- well, you're supposed to help me so, milk it to piss uh, off Brad. Here, here's what's going to happen because I specifically requested to not talk about this because nothing's happened. Uh, but since this is a Buffalo conversation, for every minute we give to the Buffalo Sabres, I'm going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. So go. No, absolutely yep, not, nope, sir. That nope. deal is being struck down. Nope, voted against nope. two to one here. Yes, I agree. Nope. Do you see how he flinched when I got my hand? No, I thought we were doing like a knock bump or something. Yeah. Me me and Evan against Brad. Uh, The rumors, not rumors, Jack Eichel heating up, not heating up. What we know is that Josh Allen beat the Dolphins again today. (laughs) I believe Josh Mickelson. Yeah. 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 What was up with that? the Cavs today too. Oh, man. Yeah, like I'm, Phil I'm completely out on this conversation. So Phil no Mickelson idea. actually gave the Bills like a pregame speech today. You notice how Brad, when Brad talks with his hands, he's always doing boobies. Like he's yeah. he goes comes well, underneath. If I like do it down here, boobs. it probably looks like I'm doing something way worse. People uh, <laughs> people spend a lot of time watching Brad's physical demeanor, like on YouTube. They're like Brad. They'll like timestamp. They'll be like forty five oh two. Brad's knee. What the f, man? That's gonna be the new planking. <laughs> yeah. If I have to sit here for an hour and a half, like. You get stiff. You got to stretch out the joints. Oh, like, you get stiff? Gross, yeah. dude. Grow up. I literally, <laughs> I specifically like left no pause between stiff and stretching out the joints because I knew you would make that joke and I was hoping to keep talking over it. Brad, you specifically leave no pause between any of your words, actually. Because I always know there's like some sort of 12-year-old yeah. level yeah, joke coming. Fair. So I can't leave the openings for them. But Anyways. yeah, Bill Mickelson is the reason the Bills won today. Vegas and Calgary seem to be the only two teams who we can say with any relative sense of certainty that are in on Jack Eichel. I actually don't care about that. I'm at the point where I want that grievance filed because the dude needs surgery. Like, it's insane now. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they waited so long. Like, they say the team and players in constant conversation. Clearly, it's not going anywhere. No, no one's backing Immediately. The the part I still don't understand from this from Buffalo scenario is it's clear he's never playing another game for them. So why do they care anymore? Because because they there's an assumed risk when you trade when you are trading for that player, whether you agree or not, that surgery is still going to be considered an assumed risk by a lot of teams, yes. not all. And so Buffalo wants to maximize value because here's the thing. What is the direct parallel you can draw from any other team to trading Jack Eichel? For Edmonton, it's trading Dreisaitl or McDavid. For Toronto, it's trading Austin Matthews. No, like, this is a big player you're losing. You're right. You're objectively right. But my argument is Buffalo is actually hurting their value by not letting him do it because whatever team's trading for him at this point, they know. Oh, that you're saying he's not going to back down. Yeah, like he's getting the disc replacement surgery. So you're getting a Jack Eichel with the disc replacement, not the fusion. So just let him do it. He'll be healed up faster. And then that team is going to get him for more games. Like Maybe they you, really don't believe he'll be healed up. Like, I don't know what, like this makes no sense to me from Buffalo standpoint. Yeah. I understand there's risk with the surgery. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a doctor going, <laughs> Oh, I can definitively say that's better, but it doesn't matter. Cause Eichel said, I'm only doing that. So if he's never playing for the Sabres again, just let the poor bastard do it. And the crazy thing is, is he's practicing and like, um, like moving at full speed and everyone's saying he's looking really good right now. Like he just can't play contact hockey. Like, so just let him get the surgery. Everybody yeah. move on. Let it all get out of there. Like, it's hold on. Ridiculous. Here's my theory is I don't know this. Is Kevin Adams Canadian? 
I think this is a Pagula thing, right? No, I think this might be an Olympics thing. I think we, we've got a uh, Can- Canadian sleeper agent. No, he's, Amer- he's American. Oh, my God. So he's yeah, he's I'm screwing pit- both his teams over. If I'm Hockey USA, I am livid because you need every piece you can get on that team. Well, the new team won't let him go to the Olympics now, right? Like, how does no, that work? Almost no chance. There's, I don't even think if he gets the surgery tomorrow, he'll even be ready in time from what I remember, right? Because it's a three-month recovery. He's just waiting for Gwyneth Paltrow's fall line to come out and get the <laughs> neck power crystal. The goop. The goop. <laughs> cri- uh, <laughs> the na- that name man kills me. Uh, anyway. I still have the picture of her when they launched that line saved up my phone because... Of course you do. Hold on. No, I don't want to see it. No, you have to. It's How is our- this podcast featuring Goop right now? That was like <laughs> 10 years ago. How do you have that on your phone? Because How do you it scroll was- back and find that? No, yeah. because I literally have a folder in my phone for, for goop. dumb <laughs> pictures. <laughs> goop <photo>. Like, <laughs> this was the picture. Oh my, he pulled that off so fast. Because I have a folder of shit like this saved. Just dumb. This is where I pulled that Zadina picture from, Ryan. This folder that of just is- dumb shit. But look at. This is that face is people trust with their health. I'm uh, leaving this house with more questions than I <laughs> look thought at that I would. thousand yard stare. None this of us, picture is the scariest picture on the internet. None of us on this episode are drunk. I need you to know that. I have not had a single drink today. Actually, Evan's having a beer right now on air, but it's like he's had half of it. It cost him, I think, twenty dollars. He told us, so he's really milking that. I have kids, so I've got like. 2,500 pictures on my phone. If I don't separate these, I'll never find anything. <laughs> my final point about Jack Eichel, believe it or not, I do have one still. This is, is that- my fault. I brought up Goop. <laughs> you did- you're doing all this today. Yeah. This is- you can't tell me that picture wasn't horrifying, knowing that she sells health products. <laughs> Jack Eichel, I understand the buff. I actually really do understand Buffalo's point for the most part, and I understand the league saying that they're not going to get involved because there's precedent that's going to be set here with the CBA, and you can't – it's Gary Bettman's job to protect the owners whether we like it or not, and they don't want power to go away as per the CBA. And, hey, it's written in there. Shame on Donald Fair for not doing a better job of negotiating that thing and for other stuff, obviously. Um I do think the situation has gotten to the point where it's damaging the game in terms of the product on ice. The There's a loss not only to Buffalo, but there's a loss to the teams where Buffalo's going to play because like it or like it or not, Jack Eichel sells tickets, he, he sells merchandise. He leads the more people buying the $20 beers at the concession stand. Like 100%. This is a league-wide loss, but the majority is to Buffalo. Yeah, and here's the thing, because Ryan was talking about this being a Pagula thing. Even if it is, they're still wrong. That was me. Okay, well, either way. Brad th- forgot one thing. Yeah. Oh, you idiot. It's still dumb on the Pagula's part, because they're da- they're continually damaging their brand every day they don't do this. They're reducing Jack Eichel's trade value, which hurts their brand long-term, because they get... Maybe one less marketable piece to come back in the trade. Like everything involved. And in, like, I actually agree with Buffalo holding out to get top dollar because your point of like you're trading your franchise superstar, you can't shortchange that. I agree with that. But they are doing everything else to hurt that. Like, if you're trying to maximize value, you're making it worse every day. Well, uh, we'll see where this goes. Nowhere. Nothing. It's never going to change. It's like that goddamn Mitch Marta contract. And we're going to talk about it for eight months. And then in the end, nobody's going to care like a year later outside of Buffalo. This guy had all of his kids candy before he got here. eh? He did. He's wired. 
No, I, I'm well into the crash. If I stop moving or talking, I'm pa- falling asleep. Um, the Chicago situation. So I think it was five minute, five fifteen minutes after we we finished recording last episode. Um, Joel Quenville finished his meeting with Gary Bettman, and it was um, announced that he was resigning. I mean, you know, Hook pulling him off stage, right, resigning um, from as head coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, Kevin Chevaldeoff met with Gary Bettman the next day and based on a few different things, which was how many meetings Shevel Dayoff was confirmed to have attended and his role in the organization and what he knew at what point, they decided that there would be no supplemental discipline for him. And currently what's happening is Donald Fair, head of the NHLPA, is is meeting with players and player reps. Um, and his seat is hot right now for good reason. The players are livid. So yeah, but which no, players no, no. are livid? All it seems. I have not heard. Like it, it seems to be like resounding. Like the players want answers as to how this could have crossed his desk and not been addressed. Uh, because Donald Fair's only job is to save the players' money when they get suspended for trying to kill each other. That's it. It's his only job. Here's. I'm not going to get into litigating the rest of Fair's job and whether he's done a good or bad job. Union union company battles are messy and it's anyways i don't know like the finer details of this this is still a story that's unfolding like we still have john doe 2 here like there's a lot to this and more is going to be unearthed that's what happens when these things come out as they are it unearths a lot of other shit that needs to be addressed um but if it, it if it actually is the case that donald fair had every opportunity to address this and let it ride. Smell you later. Yeah, I, it's the easiest decision. I don't know. I, I don't know what other details there are here, but that's the easiest decision. It's dereliction of duty, bar none. It's the simplest thing, unless there's more to this that we don't know. I also have no idea how the NHLPA is structured as an organization. Like, how many people are below him that should have been? Yeah, that's that's the stuff. Who did or did not? raise alarms and try to escalate things because I think that's ultra important because if the people below him buried it and like I'll say CEOs aren't on the ground floor like they don't have a granular sense of how their their what their business is doing on a day-to-day like if he didn't if he had any sense of knowing like at all then that it is on him because he leads the organization. I will say if there is any kind of reporting structure in which case in which allegations of sexual abuse did not make it to his desk, that is also cause for fire because that is just bad leadership. Yeah, because the 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 as Evan was talking, the example I was thinking of where we'll call it like one of the people who reports to him in that somewhat position of power goes, hey, there was some allegations of some abuse out of chicago we looked into it we don't think there's anything there so we're not going to proceed forward and and he goes okay then he gets to use the yeah i didn't know about it argument but then it's like dude when someone tells you there was an incident maybe get some details so either way he's culpable i i'm i'm even torn on the shovel day off thing like i do understand the reasoning but Someone asked a question last episode and it was, is this a movement? Like, is this now a moment for the NHL? And like, hey, I'm all for looking at this with a nuanced, objective lens and it's easy to get caught up in emotion. But I also think that this is Gary Bettman and the NHL's opportunity to say this is the first and the last time 
it's not definitely not the first, but this is the last time this shit will happen. We are not protecting sexual abusers. We are not protecting rapists. We are not protecting predators in this league. It does not matter if it's anyone from league leadership to player to coach to fan to whoever. You are going to report them and you are going to get them out. I hope Kevin Cheveldayoff is part of a big change in terms of how this this league changes accountability. And he is a loud, prominent voice in that. They're going to make the decision they're, they're going to make with him. The players are going to make the decision with Donald Fair that they are. Whoever remains, whoever survives this, needs to be at the forefront of this change because that is the absolute least that they can do for Kyle Beach and anyone else who was hurt. Another note I want to say is you know, last episode, I think it was it was an emotionally charged topic. There are thoughts flying everywhere. And, you know, we're very eager to, to talk about all of it. And I think maybe we didn't do it justice because it was we'd need hours. We'd need absolute hours, not even just for prep, but to record like hours and hours and hours. So I want to say I, I have a lot of respect and admiration for the people who have done this well. Our friends over at the Steve Dangle podcast, I think, have done a really, really good job with that. And um, I don't know. It's just you get lost in the shuffle. And all I could think about was what we said about different parts of the segment. And I was like, I hope that came across okay. And it's really just a testament to how emotionally charged this is. Like, think about it. You have three hockey players in here who are, like, absolutely blown away in the worst way by by what came to light here. It's it's probably like I and I'm getting into semantics here, but in terms of like organization and how I felt we came through, I f- I was like that. I feel terrible about the the content we put out there. Like I I really wish we were more organized, but it's genuinely a testament to to how appalling it all was. So you know we'll try to be more organized in the future, but genuinely like it's it's really hard to 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 do these terrible topics the justice that they deserve and and all the power to the people who are doing it well rick, there's people who are doing it way better than us yeah. so rick you know, west had like the reporting he's doing is we'll be footnotes incredible. in it we'll just try and say what we can but really it should all the emphasis should be put on the investigative journalists or and the people who can say it a lot better than us yeah um Okay. But you know, it's not a good sign when Catherine's asking me about it because she has. Yeah. The fact that she had to watch like 10 minutes of a hockey game may as well have been the end of the world. <laughs> Mel heard so about it. So the fact that she's like, what's this like blah, blah, blah going on? And I was like, the fact that you know about it is not a good sign. <laughs> and like, I don't give a shit about like not nothing matters more than the human element here. So please know that before I say this. But what a terrible look for the NHL as they have a brand new TV deal. They're being exposed to so many more people. And this is what is the going to be the biggest story of the year. And I'm glad it's going to hurt them. And I hope it stings them so that this shit never happens again. Unfortunately, the crux of all of it is money talks. And yep. it's going to speak this time for sure. Yep. Okay, anything else before we jump into overtime here? All right. No. Overtime on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. I see there's a lot of Michigan State fans in here. Uh, we will not be reading off the comments. <laughs> no, I'll read. I, we, we have to eat crow. It is you what can, it is. You can mute some words, literally. I, I'm, uh, I'm wearing a Detroit Lions jersey right now, so I'm fully eating crow, egg on my face taking my punishment that's all that's what i'm embracing today the only thing that i'm grateful for is my game was an afternoon game yesterday so i didn't have to actually suffer through it thank you for being patreon supporters we love and appreciate you 
patreon.com slash podcast. I got the link right that time. Uh, we're going to start with Jake Bloom, who says two words, go green. They deserve it. I, I am super happy you're a big supporter of the environment. <laughs> if Michigan won, <laughs> I would be obnoxious today. Oh, I absolutely would have been, but I'm also going to be obnoxious in defeat. Elite Jeff Blashill Stand Club says University of Michigan University of Michigan fans are the least fans of college football. I hate how accurate that is. That is frighteningly correct. Uh, Nick Geyer says uh, Joe Swole Poison Valeno was absolutely on it last night. What a great game, even though we took the L. Uh, I'm getting my buddy a Kraken jersey since he's new to the sport and they're new to the league. Who on that team do you see being there long term? <laughs> Matt Beniers. Go blue. <laughs> Beniers is not a bad choice there, actually. We don't know what number he is yet, though, so you probably couldn't get it yet. Um, Grubauer signed long-term, yeah. and Yanni Gord will probably stay a little while. Yeah, if you're looking for someone a little younger than those guys, maybe Jared McCann, uh, Vince Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, big fans of both those guys, and they are both younger but signed for lesser. Um, yeah, no other. Jane Schwartz is signed for a while. Um, come in. Cider says, pretty exciting to hear how uh, well Edvinson's doing in Sweden. <laughs> Who projects to be the better defenseman, in your opinion, between him and Cider? Uh, what Cider's done to this point is very few players have done. So Edvinson's going to still have to do a lot to get to Cider's level, which is such an exciting statement. Uh, <laughs> so Edvinson, obviously, we talked about it last episode. We could talk about him every episode. But continues to thrive. Took a pretty rough hit, had to leave the game, but it seems like he maybe walked away with just a minor concussion, which is good. Um, Mark S. says, you guys mentioned depth as the last piece for the contender puzzle. How much? Third and fourth line? Defense past the top two or three players? Right now, I would say... If you look at where players are playing in their current position out of the Red Wings depth, the only two players that I think are up to caliber of those slots on a team that could contend is Adam Ernie and Mitchell Stevens. I think everybody else would need to be replaced. I also don't think it's just depth. I think you need no, a, you need another Larkin level center. also nine games into this season. Yeah. Yeah. The contenders have been building and building for much longer. They still need another stud defenseman, which could be Edvinson. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a trade or a free agent. Um, they it could be an internal solution, and they're going to need another top flight forward still. But in terms of the depth, yeah, I'd say Ernie and Stevens could be long term solutions in the slots they're in, but nobody else. Uh, Brandon Taylor says first go green. Second, give me a guess for the following: first team to miss the playoffs. Uh, within the next few seasons of these Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, and Florida. I think the Vegas experiment's going to have to end eventually unless they get Eichel. They don't have stone or patch ready right now. And they look, nobody is scoring out there. Yeah. I think Vegas, I don't, I don't think any of them are, but I think Vegas is the best answer there. Uh, first team to make the playoffs out of Arizona, Buffalo, Chicago, and Columbus. Ooh. Chicago. I don't know. Arizona, Chicago, Columbus, and who? Buffalo. I'll go Columbus because I have a lot of faith in Yarmo. Buffalo, let's go, baby. Like, not to be funny, I'm going to say Buffalo. They have, like, a really, really, really good prospect pool. They've just been missing a goalie because as bad as they've been. Granado is, yeah, like, he has that team playing at a level that they don't deserve. I shouldn't say don't deserve because any when you anything you get in the NHL is deserved. 
but it's like it's ridiculous. Yeah, they still have cousins: Darlene, Middlestat, Thompson, a prospect like Trove coming up. They're probably going to get a haul for Eichel. Like they, there's a base there. It's a very very young base, um, and and they yeah. only pay their team like fifteen million dollars. <laughs> And even for all the years, the last few years when the Sabres were really, really bad, when you dig into it, they were getting goalied a lot by their own goalie. Like, that was always their biggest weakness. So if they can get, like, if Pekka, Uko Pekka Lukanen pans out or Craig Anderson plays like this till he's 45 somehow, that's their biggest problem solved. So, um, Next question here. Ohio State is going to spank Michigan. Yeah, man, we know. Uh, hey guys, I had the privilege of watching the Toronto game live. Um, it was fun, except for Danny DeKaiser. The dude cannot play hockey, and it's painfully obvious. My heart broke when Letty misplayed that puck. In other words, I'm going to list some current hockey players, and you tell me if they're making the Hall of Fame. Evgeny Malkin. Yes. yes. Tyler Sagan. No. No. Uh, Ekman Larson. No. Mark Andre Fleury. Yes. Jim Harbaugh, the coach. God, no. Philip Grubauer. No. Uh, Nick Amalfi says, what a game from my Paisan Joey Poison. He's definitely here to stay, right? Uh, he should be. I would. If if Ernie gets healthy fast. No, I'm not basing this on the roster anymore. Joe Valeno is better than half of the forwards on that team already. They're probably at a point where they can safely wave around your Giovanni Smith if they wanted to. Yeah, I- Honestly, who cares if you lose him? You have literally the replacement there. David P says, good to see. I don't want to lose Giovanni. David P says, good to see that loss against the Leafs still resulted in a donation to Easter Seals. So it's still a positive. Go green, go white, and let's go Red Wings. That's right. Such an environmentally friendly podcast. (laughs) We made that bet with the Steve Dangle podcast. 100 bucks um, charity bet. So Easter Seals, Ontario got our 100 bucks. But uh, we'll get the Jamie Daniels Foundation the hundred bucks next time. Yeah, and if anybody wants to join us in the donation to the Easter Seals, go for it. Let's show those Leafs fans we're the better fan base. Uh, Joe McKenney PGA says start scratch cut. The start must go on the top line pairing. 2013-2014 David Legwan, 2010-2011 Mike Madano, and 2019-2020 Jonathan Erickson. Um, Erickson's cut. Start Madano. Yeah, absolutely. You're starting yeah. Madano. Taylor F. also asked if Edvinson's going to be better than Cider. That's a high bar to clear. Like, we're talking about, can't believe I'm about to say this unironically, a guy who's like an outside shot at a Norris 10 games, nine games into his rookie season. Like, oh, wow. So I'm not about oh, to in the world. Oh, shit. Third in assists as a rookie while playing. What did you th- put in Brad's water? He is not. It's not gonna, in mine. <laughs> it is not going to sustain. But 10 games in, if the season ended now, he's in the conversation. Uh, Connor Dukes says, you guys rip. Thank you. I just started listening to this. I uh, just started listening this summer. Immediately became a patron because paying people for their work is rad. Connor. You're my favorite. Thanks, buddy. Welcome to the Dub Dub Club. In case I haven't said that. Been a huge fan my whole life, but listening to you has helped me follow off-season stuff more than ever. It's tight. That said, who is your favorite band, you three? I I have terrible answers to like who's your favorite band and like because I, I listen to so much. My generic answer is who have I listened to the most? The Beatles. But are they my favorite band to listen to right now? No. I really, I like go through phases where I have bands yeah. that I'm like obsessed with for like yeah. a week and that they stay in like the sphere of the bands I'll always like, of really like. 
Yeah, I go in and out all the time. If I go by Ryan's answer of who have I listened to most in my life, it's Linkin Park. Oh, that's a good answer, though. That's a quality answer. Yeah, so I'll go with that just because I've been listening to them regularly since 1999. We should share our Spotify year in reviews. Yeah, we should. It's just the winged wheel podcast for me. I thought yours was going to be something Jack White related. Jack White's, like, for me, I consider Jack White more of a... I don't know, solo performer, is that fair to say? No, he has a band with him. Yeah, he's just an artist who's doing his thing. It's really tough. Um, Arctic Monkeys, I actually think, are sorely underrated. That's a classic. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Melwich says, hey guys, apart from the Wings, who's been the most surprising team this year? Oh, Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a debate. Chicago. Uh, I don't know. I, we weren't. Hockey team. No, on ice performance. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, I, I'm not. Like I don't think any of us had them in the playoffs, so the fact they're bad is not that well, shocking. Everybody, th- everyone outside of us thought they were going to be a playoff contender. Ah, so we're the only ones who got it right. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, we also had we're analysts in the Atlantic. So yes. <laughs> the the universe giveth and taketh. Um, Eric Sinkowski says it's amazing. Before becoming a patron, I was just like Brad, short and cranky. After becoming a patron, I'm now <laughs> six foot four, less than one percent body fat, and have a hot tub. Doctors hate this podcast because of this one amazing trick. You, Eric, you went from Brad to Evan that fast. <laughs> and neither of us, and no one in this room is 6'4". You're, you're 6'3". Okay. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric, thank you for just speaking pure objective truths. It uh, means a lot to us. Evan Beckner says, hey, Ryan, I feel you on those barbershop stories. I've had similar ones. The only difference being my stylist asked if I want to cut it shorter than usual because my hair, quote, grows too fast and is hard to cut because it's too thick. Oh, piss off, Evan. I, yeah, yeah, I can't. That sounds like mine. Wait, you're saying his hair's? Oh no, the thick hair on this podcast is me. He's now he's making fun of me. I know. You take out your hands for two. But seconds. I'm like he he made like this over exaggeration that actually fit me perfectly. I just need you to know. Hey, that. are we doing Movember? Yes, we are doing. Catherine November. hates it so much, but I love it. Crystal I, it. hates me for it, which just makes me want to do it more. I'll I'll I'm gonna keep the beard, but no, I'll that, no, yeah, that is not the rules. You don't get to tell me about beards, Patchy. <laughs> Sydney Crosby's can, beard is not going to tell me how. I am not telling you about beards. I'm telling you about mustaches, and you saw mine last year. It was glorious. Brian, how much of a group donation would it take to the Jamie Daniels Foundation for you to do the sheriff mustache? Oh, my God. I will personally donate 50 bucks for you to do a handlebar. Is five grand too much? I think we could get that. Five grand? <laughs> Well, no, no, that is a lot. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> that is a ridiculous We're not getting that by tomorrow, and you have to start tomorrow, so it's got to be something attainable, because November 1st is tomorrow. What if you did chin straps without the oh middle? Oh, my God. I do have a teeth. job. Yeah. You work from home. Yeah, I, oh, I'm on screen. That means people see your face the more on screen. The files are in the computer. <laughs> uh, well, no, we can you workshop can, this. We can workshop this. We can work with something here. Let's Let's turn this into something good. Let's figure out. It's for a good cause. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm trying to figure out a sum of money. I want a bigger sum. I want to raise more for the Jamie Daniels Foundation. So we have to work with timelines here. Even if at the end, I do the handlebars at the end. Yeah, no, his at the end. Oh, it's then you November, have to keep it. Then you have 6 to keep, p.m. November 30th. Then you have to keep it for Christmas, which would disappoint your mother even more than your lack of med school. A hundred no. bucks if you do that. <laughs> I'll personally put in a hundred. <laughs> All right, fine, but you have to be the one to tell my mother in person why it's happening. 
Gladly. <laughs> Misconduct Racing says the unselfish team first mentality of even our budding star players is why we're going back to the promised land. If we keep up this lovable loser identity for the rest of the year, it'll start to make all these years of pain seem worth it. Aaron Hudson says, uh, hey, Evan, about how about this? If the Wings make the playoffs, record a pod from the hot tub or if the Wings win the draft lottery. I've been asking to do this every week, twice a week. No, no. All three of us. Oh, no. Sorry, <laughs> <Absolutely> not. <laughs> if the Wings make the playoffs or win the draft lottery, we do a hot tub pod. Yes. We can watch the draft from the hot tub. <gasps> we got invited. Wait, we're in Montreal for the draft. Oh, you guys are. <laughs> uh, Andy Van Durand- Andy Van Durandog says, although I want the Wings to take center in the upcoming draft, if we keep uh, playing close to 500 and the lottery doesn't end in our favor as always, we might lose out on some centers like Wright, Lambert, Cooley. In that case, would you like the Wings to take a star player like Joachim Kemmel? He's lighting it up in the league in Liga and could pan out to be a strong scorer down the road. Ryan, what am I going to say? I don't know. Best player oh, yeah. available. Best player available. Always. I knew it. Yeah. Always. Arjun Shanker says, geez, that sure was a rough handful of years there when the Red Wings hockey wasn't fun to watch. I still can't believe that Eisman traded the idea of Jonathan Bernier for Alex Nedukovic. <laughs> <laughs> Max $1 million says, if each of you had a four hour, four plus hour car ride with CVY, what would you talk about? What music would you be, both be jamming out to? And essentially, what would be your dream road trip with the captain? I have this feeling that it would just be dead silence. I'm uh, and we like, both enjoy it way too much. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Eisman's listened to at least one podcast, so I would sit there, open my mouth, and he'd just go, Stop. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> uh, apparently, he and uh, Joe listened to the football game, the Michigan MSU game. Oh, no, and I believe Stevie is on the side of blue here, so I'm not sure. How that? I, I I don't know that for sure. Stevie's good people, so it would make sense that he's on the side <laughs> of blue. Uh, Liz B says, "Is Rasmussen the forward version of Erickson? I don't think that's a fair assessment, honestly. Rasmussen is really good at the things he's good at. Erickson was not. There's just so few of the things he's good at, which is the problem. <laughs> They've been in the league the same amount of time. What? That's a joke. Oh. <laughs> It just feels like Rasmussen's been on the team oh, for 12 years. Yeah, that was actually a funny joke, and I just completely pulled it's okay. the floor out It's okay. It's late. Uh, ben Barron says, how do you feel about a potential future Valeno, Larkin, Raymond line for games in Canada? Um, Great. I don't know if Valeno can – I would much rather have Fabry or even Zadina on that line. For I want Zadina there. That's my choice. But if I had the choice between Fabry and Valeno, let's have some fun. Larkness Monster says, what do you think the strategy is this year at the deadline? Are the Red Wings seller or are they finally at the place to start targeting some low risk, high reward free agents? They're still a seller. Um, Even if the Red Wings are in a playoff race, nobody's going to have any illusions about them being a contender. So you're not going to keep Robbie Fabry and Nick Letty for an extra month or two just to get wiped in the first round of the playoffs, even if that's best case scenario. Like, pragmatically yeah you still need the futures because letty and fabry in all likelihood are not going to factor into much of the future so you still got to make the smart decision uh michael barry says brad's looking swole since starting professional beer league (laughs) 
also you can take oh and this is michael giving some advice to any um, canadians coming to the meetup uh, as of now you can take a pcr test in canada then come back into the country within three days since the test was taken cost him 150 bucks canadian um also who do the do the lions win a game this year oh god i hope not I hope not. I want the first overall pick firm, sealed. You want to be the only team in NFL history to be 0-17? I don't give a shit, man. You you have to understand there's no way you can hurt me as a Lions fan. Yeah, I, I'm wearing their jersey after what happened today. I don't follow the NFL draft all that closely. Is there like a clear-cut number one guy? I don't know. I don't know. Because like, if there's not a clear-cut number one clear number one guy, I don't know if I'd want to live with the memes. It's they're gonna exist anyways, man. The Lions, the Lions and their inexplicable ability. Here's the thing: Lions fans are super upset about this year, and all of them knew that this was a throwaway year. They're essentially burning whatever time they have to on Jared Goff until they can um, cut his contract. This they were never meant to be good, and everyone is still disappointed. <laughs> well, the part that confuses me about the Lions is they can go down to the last play of the game with a very good Ravens team and then get blown out by the dumpster fire of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's Lions football, baby. Like, <laughs> buckle up. Babe Landis Cog says, what would be your goal song and or home win song if you got to choose? For me, it would be We Are Who We Are by Kesha or the Chunk No Captain Chunk cover and the Jellyfish Jam Stadium Rave song from SpongeBob for the home win. Um, I don't know. I think, I think like, have... It's hard. I actually don't have an answer for this. There are a lot of like, um, like really s- people would probably hate it. Like it, my, the gym, the music I listen to when I'm in the gym, like trap remixes, like hardcore trap remixes. It's just garbage music. It's for sure trash music, but that's what I would want for a goal song. Like so at the drop. It depends what angle I want to go into. So like if I wanted to go angles, because if I wanted to go to like, classic like hockey like was just a good goal song i would go song two by blur because it just fits the situation so perfectly if i wanted to go for the vibes i would go fire by paris just because i love that song even if it doesn't fit a goal song perfectly or if i wanted to just go something like really amped up i'm just picking the heaviest song on my playlist at any given moment so like right now i'd pick something by like of mice and men or something like that because i've been listening to them a lot lately have you read the book Have you? No. <laughs> I was wondering, this isn't a trick question. No, it's not. It's like a it's one of the most popular pieces of literature of all time. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Afternoon matinee game, I'm afternoon delight. That's my goal song. Oh, I thought I thought you were still talking about I you must have read it in school. You, this is the cover? You see that? That is the smallest. Oh, you possible were talking book. about the literal book. That's no, why I said book. God yeah. damn. I'm like, did they release an album that oh, I missed shit. or something like Jesus that? Christ, this it's guy. Too, it's too late for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's 1030 on a Sunday, man. I'm not piecing shit together. I read in grade it's seven. It's like my Rasmussen joke all yeah. over again. Nick Putty. Sorry, I missed the question here. It's just going back to the whole mess with the Blackhawks. With my uh, girls U8 team, in order for me to coach, I needed to do a two-hour safe sport training and then another 45-minute refresher every year. Covers how to watch for and or report all types of harassment uh, caused to players and or coaches, caused by players and or coaches. It's a requirement by USA Hockey in order to roster a team and compete. It's expected of me and other coaches with varying backgrounds, and it should go without saying at the professional level. Yet here we are. 
Third Man In says, out of curiosity, oh, God, out of curiosity, how'd you all end up uh, Michigan fans? Since, to my knowledge, none of you went there, you've purposely chosen to root for a team whose glory days were in the 30s and 40s that always, always chokes to their rivals on the big stage and that has blue as a primary cover. You realize you've hitched your wagons to the Toronto Maple Leafs with college football, right? Listen, I... I don't need all every decision this, but I, I made when I was a teenager wasn't great, and I accept that. But I will ride till I die. Sadly, I agree with Brad. Stay fresh, cheesebag says, "Hey, fellows, I'd like to congratulate MSU on their big win over uh, Michigan." Mel Tucker is a solid coach who will guarantee ten wins and a playoff berth next season for LSU or Washington State. Hopefully, MSU can recoup some semblance of relevance over there at Cal College after Kenneth Williams declares for the draft. Maybe a better branding campaign? Anywho, sending an early season's greetings to all MSU fans as they now begin their annual practice of complete silence after the Michigan game each year. Happy holidays, fartins. <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. <laughs> we needed that. <laughs> Large, the prophet of the Tower Behemoth, says Jonathan Bergeron has, a, has had himself a one-plus-one game versus Milwaukee. How ready are you to completely jump on the Ed Vincent hype train? For London veteran, uh, Ryan Lash dubbed him the best defender he's ever played with. And yes, he did play with Rasmus Dahlin. The thought that Edvinson is better than Dahlin insider is pretty much insane, considering how depleted the prospect pool was just recently these last four-ish years. I mean, I would say a current teammate is better than an old teammate nine times out of ten, probably. Yeah, it's worth saying, yeah. Um, but the Edvinson hype train has been... I'm on board. It's left the station. Yes. Let, let's remind everyone that I was the only one who had him on my, you my did. preferred picks. You you 100% did. I thankfully, so I don't look completely terrible in hindsight, was not the lowest on him and still had him inside my top 10. I can't even remember that far. The only, that's the only reason why I... I remember. Sam W says, obviously a Wings fan and a big fan of Mo Sider, but as someone who follows the US NTDP, I was a big fan of Cole Caulfield going into that draft. I'm sort of superstitious, and I have this little routine before his games that seems to translate to success. I haven't been doing it this year, and I want to see him get off the schneid. So if he has uh, a big day today, I guess we'll know why. Here's to, ho- here's to him joining the race with Sider and Raymond. I like watching Cole Caulfield play. He's uh, fun. He gives us short guys hope. Um what sorry what was that so he did a superstition for caulfield today yeah yeah all right let's see if it worked i haven't checked on on that game yet bill nye the thigh guy says one under and overrated candy overrated has to be butterfingers it didn't Hmm. overrated Uh, answer will be skittles because they changed lime degree and apple however many years ago and i'll never forgive them um underrated mike and ike's Man, I love Coffee Crisp. Are they underrated? The Americans will know what Coffee Crisp are. Really? What? Yeah. De- that's the answer then. They're underrated. That's yeah. one of the greatest chocolate bars there is. And America knows they're Canada. Candy. Coffee Crisp is one, is one of Canada's best exports, if you can get it. Yeah, yeah then that's the there answer. Are ketchup chips in the States? They're starting to get them now, yeah. Oh, another great yeah, export. Yeah. All dressed as well. They're just starting to get they over there. They didn't have it for a long time. Not the land Country's free, lacking. Am I right? We, <laughs> we sent Max a box of... Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to go with you on your Skittles one, though. I just, I, why would, oh, man. George P. Burdell says, uh, friendship ended with Joe F. Volano. Joe, Joe Poison is my new friend. Eddie Volla says, I unfortunately attended, oh, buddy. I attended my first Lions game today, and I don't think I'll be returning anytime soon. <laughs> uh, the Ford family is listening to this going, damn it. Jeff Blashill's third period playbook says, let's take the worst defenseman on the team and staple him to the best defenseman on the team. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I think I read a thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went on Twitter once this week, and I read a thing that said, 
Cider and Lighty are one of the best pairings in the league based on some sort of advanced metric. Yep. I think they're, I have to imagine they're just stapling Cider to DeKaiser as long as they can justify DeKaiser on this team and then they'll release Cider. I'm telling you, it's a Stonecutters reference. Uh, Join the Dark Cider says, thanks for the content as always. Which wing, in your opinion, is having a sneaky good year? For me, it's Nemesnikov with six points, four goals, and two assists. He can actually beat a goalie this season. Philip Zadina. I'm going to keep on the Robbie Fabry train. And um, I don't think the goalies are getting enough love for what they're doing. Uh, they've each had a couple blow-up games. As you will on the Detroit Red Wings. but I really did not love Grace's game yesterday. No. Mark Stahl is the greatest Red Wing on this team. <laughs> Ironically, Jerry for Mark Stahl is arguably the most fun thing to do right he now. He could be my next jersey potentially. And I don't take that... That is that is a bold statement. If Mark Stahl steps in at the top of the circle and absolutely claps one bar down, you that is going to be in the checkout on NHLshop.com immediately. I'll buy them all out. Yeah, because they have. I'll one corner the market. <laughs> they only have one pre-made. Yes, and they have Stahl misspelled. It's S T A L L. Good enough. Is this a joke? Evan thinks that's how you actually spell it. Oh, buddy. Did you did you say L L or A A L? I said L L. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. I, I, I got that one. <laughs> all right. Uh, as we're falling apart at the seams here, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for putting up with the um, whatever happened at the, the beginning of this episode. Yeah. If uh, we ever have to apply to jobs in the future, we will make this episode private yeah. for a few weeks. <laughs> This is why I don't tell anyone I do a podcast. I'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, Kyle Karagitz, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, uh, Terry Driver of Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana Slam, a Jamathong, Taylor Tagel, Matthew M. Rice, Arjun Shanker, Arjun Shanker and Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, actually I should have said first, sorry. Um, Brandon M., Carl Brutan and Analuski, Citizen High Five, CJ Sully, Clayton Van Dyken, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton. Um, Brendan, you almost got me. Eating something is fun, and I'll let you all fill in the blanks there. Give Blood, Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam Al Qasem, Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kalen Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Matt McKay, RA, Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin. Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Shea Lobsanger's number one Stan, Stacey Lynn, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam, I wish I could finish like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Babe Landiscog, Ben Barron, Booty Pasta, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, Jeremy Brocker, John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S., Max $1 million, Reed, Revy DeLuca, Trevor Pevervar, Trevor Pevavar, Zach Handyside, and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you midweek. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.